New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey everyone, Dr. Joseph here, just coming to you to uh, talk through our Easter week podcast. Uh, It is uh, our March 31st podcast, and uh, I'm going to be reading uh, from uh, Mark 14, 3 through 11. And you can find other references to this same passage in Matthew 26, 14 through 16, Luke 22, 3 through 6, Zechariah 11, 12 through 13, as well as a little bit into John chapter 12. And so I'm going to just read this uh, Mark chapter 14, verses 3 through 11. While he was in Bethany at the house of Simon, who had a serious skin disease, as he was reclining at the table, a woman came from a woman came with an alabaster jar of pure and expensive fragrant oil of nard. She broke the jar and poured it on his head. But some were expressing indignation to one another. Why has this fragrant oil been wasted? For this oil might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they began to scold her. Then Jesus said, leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a noble thing for me. You always have the poor with you. And you can do what is good for them whenever you want. But you do not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my my body in advance for burial. I assure you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her. Verse 10, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to hand him over to them. And when they heard this, they were glad and promised to give him silver. So he started looking for an opportunity to betray him. So here in this uh, in this story, we have just a an amazing uh, picture of I think two different personalities. We have the personality of um, of Mary, as we see in John chapter twelve, uh, Mary of Bethany. This would be Mary, that's Lazarus's sister, and you have Martha as well, that's a sister. And so there was a time whenever Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha, her sister, was in the kitchen, you know, preparing a meal and getting frustrated. Then there was a time as well where Lazarus died in the chapter just before, John chapter 11. And we see that Mary, once again, has this conversation with Jesus. And and here's this proclamation that Jesus has, that he is the resurrection and the life. It's one of our I am statements that we see throughout John. I am the resurrection and the life. And so it's uh, we, we know that there's this background that's there with, with Mary. And so they're there at this house and he's reclining at this table and Mary comes up with this alabaster jar of pure expensive fragrant oil of nard. Now that's very significant to understand. Alabaster jar was a, uh, it was one of the best ways to preserve oils and fragrances at this time. In fact, this would have been considered a family heirloom. It would have been something that would have been passed down from generation to generation. And and so this was something that would have been maybe in a prominent place. It would have been kept up on a special shelf. It wouldn't have been in a common area. It was something that, uh, that was known throughout the house 
that this was going to be protected. This is something that would have brought, uh, would have been a way for them to invest. Uh, they could have traded. They could have used this as money. In fact, we see how how quick that the uh, the amount was given. I mean, this was something that was just shown in this. And so we have this this personality of Mary that's just really on display, and and so we see this was not something that she was. Um, prompted to do. She had prepared to do this. She had a belief that Jesus was the Messiah, and she was ready to take this and to pour this out on his head. In fact, if you consider, this is before Passover. And so um, there have been Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And and with this, there's a lot of buzz that's happening around Jerusalem. Uh, there's a lot of people that have heard about Jesus being the Messiah, and he's had this this triumphal entry, you know, coming in. And so we just see that there's this, this preparation. But Mary had heard, she had known that, okay, this is a part of what Jesus had proclaimed that he was going to, to do. And so we, we see immediately what happens after she breaks it, pours it out, which is a, a picture that she is breaking this out over his head, you know, anointing him, preparing him for his death and, and burial in this way, that there were some, verse 4 says, but some were expressing indignation to one another. In fact, when we see this again in John chapter 12, we, we see that Judas is the one, that he is kind of the ringleader behind all this. He starts really expressing this, but with Judas's criticism, he wasn't there for long alone. And, and so there were some expressing, why has this fragrant oil been wasted? I mean, they were looking at their accounts. They were looking, oh, she's ready to give this to us. We're ready to buy more food. We're ready to give this out to the poor. We could have used this in something so far uh, beyond just this little vial. Um, and yet they were scolding her for this. They were truly scolding her. And look at how Jesus responds. Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? I mean, Jesus just, just calls into account of how this was something that was being done for him. It was a, a way of her pouring out her life, saying that her life is not based on this family heirloom, something that, that could have brought her more wealth or brought others uh, more wealth. No, you, you're always going to have the poor, but yet he was looking at, he was uh, praising her for her sacrifice, for her devotion, for the good thing that she was done. And, and I thought it was really interesting how it says in verse 9, wherever the, the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told in memory of her. You know, Jesus says this is the kind of devotion. This is the kind of um, life that you are to live in following Jesus. It is that you leave the things you leave the traditions behind. You leave all these things that could identify your life with the world, and you break them, you pour them out in complete devotion to him. You see, Mary could see in this moment what the disciples, and especially Judas, could not see. She could see Jesus for who he was. She could see the, the call that he had placed upon their life. I like what one uh, one person says, uh, you know, Charles Spurgeon says, nothing puts life into men like a dying savior. Get you close to Christ and carry the remembrance of him about you from day to day, and you will do right royal deeds. Come, let us slay sin, 
for Christ was slain. Come, let us bury all our pride, for Christ was buried. Come, let us rise to newness of life, for Christ is risen. Let us be united with our crucified Lord in this one great object. Let us live and die with him, and then every action of our lives will be beautiful. Friends, I want you to think about, I know we're preparing for Easter in a lot of ways, but I want you to think about what Jesus is really focused on. I know we get into the bunnies and the candy and all this other stuff. We're thinking about meals and how we're going to gather together as a family. And that's, I understand that this, sometimes that's a part of our, our tradition that we want to get together and remember Christ in that way. But remember as well what Jesus is really focused on, that our lives are so united with him that we live and die with him, that every action of our life is beautiful. So that's one of the personalities we see here. But then we see the personality emerge of Judas. In fact, that's what a lot of the other scripture references, Matthew 26, 14 through 16, Luke 22, 3 through 6, and Zechariah 11, 12 through 13, are referencing is, is how Judas responds in this moment. This, is, this becomes the moment for Judas that he really begins to, uh, to find a way to portray Jesus. And we can see it begins with a grateful heart. And, and look, at, uh, look at what it says in verse 10. The Jews, scared one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to hand them over to them. It, it was like, this is going to be a guarantee. This is, a, this is going to, to happen one way, uh, one way or another. And when they heard this, they were glad and promised to give him silver. This was promised of what the way that the... The Lord was going to be portrayed in Zechariah 11. I like what uh, what one commentator says, Warren Wearsby. He says Jesus's or Judas's Judas's motive uh, was his motive. It was his motive. You know the he did the wicked work of a willing Satan that used a willing Judas. And though God had ordained that Jesus was going to die. He did not prompt Judas to sin. Judas was willing to take those steps. He was willing to do that. And so we may stop and we may ask the question, well, Joseph, what do, we, what do I do with this, right? I mean, to think about how somebody could be so close, so close to Christ for, for an amount of time, and yet they allow their lives to become blinded by greed or blinded in their own way. Friend, that's a reality. And I just want, you might say, well, you know, tell me exactly what I need to do with this. You know, uh, I think it's really interesting that we see these two personalities, these two actions. One was seeking to try and establish their own kingdom. The other was seeking to to follow Christ and his. I just want to tell you, encourage you, that really in this moment, don't look for an exact action you know, that this is the way for me to express my devotion to Christ after hearing this and reading this. Really, as Spurgeon says, allow the ingenuity of your spirit to invent something in your life that's going to display your devotion. You know, we shouldn't have to tell you, you know, here's every single move that you need to make in order to live a life of following Christ and being devoted to him. Let God's Holy Spirit speak to your heart right now in this moment I say, what does real devotion look like that I can honor him during this season, 
during this time. Maybe it's sharing your faith. Maybe it's helping somebody that's in need, whatever it is. But let it be poured out from your heart and from your soul. That is the real way that we honor Christ during this time. Guys, I look forward to uh, seeing you again on a, on another podcast. And uh, make sure that you turn uh, tune back in with us and you know, be ready to come back in for our next podcast uh, tomorrow. Uh, but God bless you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.